Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Oh, All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a special moment here on GP. This has never been done. It it should have been done sooner, and now it's being done. A crossover with the, the, I call him just the voice of mixed martial arts, Ariel Helwani. How are you? Wow, what a great honor this is. You know, I've been at ESPN for two and a half years. My longtime producer, New York Rick, is a longtime listener of the pod. Personally, I've never listened to it myself, but I hear great things. (laughs) And I've been waiting for this invitation for what feels like an eternity. Now, here I am, finally, talking to the legend, talking to the multimedia sensation himself, sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg, my fellow Jew. This is incredible. This is this is overdue. And I don't know why this is I, – I think this is the one that crossed my mind because I'll be in the Thunderdome this weekend for Hell in a Cell on Sunday. And so I was thinking about my plans for Saturday, and I was like, oh, I oh, – Oh my gosh, the Khabib Gaethje fights this weekend. What's uh, where am I going to watch this? And so I had this thought of like big fight Saturday, Hell in a Cell Sunday. We should do a little, a little cross promo here. This is great. This, this is, is great and stuff. who can talk about both these things. Ariel Helwani can. Well, I appreciate you thinking of me. You know, it's funny. I was curious if you were into this fight on Saturday because I notice on social media a lot every time there's some sort of relatively big MMA news. We get the ZZZ no, that, from That's you. always Connor. We get the roll. That's always roll. about Connor. What's your beef? What's your beef with Connor? What's, I, the, what's I, this heat that you have? I think Connor McGregor is a really talented dude who I, I'm 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 sick of the shtick. Mm. I want the to gimmick? see I, yeah, I'm sick of the gimmick. Because the last time I truly was like remarkably impressed with him it was the war his last one with diaz i think was the last time that i felt like i saw no, the come man. on you're forgetting about eddie alvarez uh the next fight after diaz at msg the first ever msg show i was at and i was at the, he yeah he was you're right he was he was very good that night too it, it was belts yes it was a good moment i was there but it, to me it wasn't like legendary the diaz fight he showed heart that's, there was a level of heart I saw in the Diaz fight that endeared him to me. And now, honestly, it's the boxing thing that I find so annoying about Conor. It doesn't annoy you. as This is a guy who, if he wanted to, correct me if I'm wrong, you know much more than me. For as much as he talks about Dana, and I understand contractually he has the things he has to deal with, this is a man who could start an entire new Fed if he wanted to to compete against Dana White. And instead, he just goes and chases money in these Fakakta boxing exhibitions that are really nothing. Tell me I'm wrong. 
Okay, so it's so funny that you say that because on my show Monday with Daniel Cormier, DC and Hawani, we actually argued this point. I said that Connor is the only guy in the UFC right now who can go off on his own and still draw a million pay-per-view buys because he's that big of a deal, Agreed. even if he's fighting a broomstick. DC disagreed, fine, but here's he the problem. He disagreed on which count, though, that he's not the only one or that he couldn't do it? That he couldn't do it. Oh, he, DC's nuts. He's, he's, yeah. the, he's, the, he's, he's the, tr- the crossover star. He's the only true, true, true crossover star in UFC. Although, and I'm sure we'll get to him in a second, Habib is definitely up there right now. Habib is probably the second most famous Muslim athlete in the world behind Mo Salah of Liverpool. And, I mean, if you just look at his social media numbers right. and all this stuff and the impact that he has, especially in the Middle East and Russia, it's absurd how big of a deal he is. Uh, Dana White said on Wednesday at the press conference that he's by far the most played character on the video game. I don't know how much stock you want to put into mm-hmm. that, but that's a pretty cool little tidbit. Um, just quickly back to Connor for a second. I do believe he could do it on his own. Here's the problem. Uh, he can't contractually do it on his own. So right. the boxing stuff, he stands to make more money in that world, like with Mayweather. And we could get into why that's kind of messed up, that he can make more money doing something that he's not really good at than something that he's great at. Um, but that's him trying to sort of game the system. But the problem is, because he's contractually tied to the UFC, he can't do it without, A, their blessing, and B, without them making money as well. He signed this long-term deal that he still has four fights left on, and so as long as he's still tied to them, he always has to do business with them. So we'll always see the back and forth, and I know it gets tiresome, but at the end of the day, Wait, How many fights left back. is it? Four? Four. So it's, yeah. a lot, it's a lot of fights left, honestly. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's enough fights left, truthfully, to, to risk his value by the time he's out of the contract if he doesn't perform well. You can't go one well, and three know, in those fights and go make a million dollars when you're done. Absolutely. But remember, at the beginning of the year, like this time last year, he came out with that whole thing. I'm going to fight three times in 2020. I'm going to have my season. And he was on pace to do that. In fact, he could have fought four times this year. His first fight in January against Cerrone, 40 seconds. And then, you know, he was trying to come back February, March. But then, of course, the pandemic and all this other stuff happened. Well, one of the main reasons why he wanted to do that was, A, he wanted to be, you know, active. And 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 the more time he spends out of the gym or the, the, the arena, he gets into trouble and all this stuff. And, B, he's trying to speed the clock on that contract as well, right? Uh, because... It will be truly fascinating if Con- if Connor fights out that deal and becomes a free agent. Holy smokes! And and he's as hot as he is right now. He can make a lot of money. I I know I, I had a fantasy. There, there there was a little fantasy in my mind at some point about the idea of him him leaving, snatching up Cyborg and a couple of other people who are big names, starting something new to compete because they they're they they are obviously two of the biggest names when it comes to people who've had issues with Dana White and the way he handles UFC. Um, why? Why is this? Why is Gaethje Khabib so good? Uh, obviously, I, most people, even with cursory knowledge, understand why Khabib's so good. Gaethje, I've now followed for a while, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say I have a full understanding of what makes him so great. So, why is this such a great fight Saturday afternoon? By the way, it should be noted. Yes. Uh, Pay per view starts at two o'clock. Yes, yes. Our bosses have uh, told me that I can't say that enough. Uh, I'm sure. PM Eastern, uh, pay-per-view start time. You know why it's so important? It's because historically the UFC doesn't do this, obviously. And the reason they don't do it is because for some reason fans just aren't programmed to watch UFC pay-per-views during the day. And the buys take a big hit when these afternoon cards happen. By the way, if you're wondering why it's happening in the afternoon, it's because Khabib is such a big deal. All the other Fight Island events in Abu Dhabi have happened um, in the middle of the night over there to cater to us here in North America. But 
in Abu Dhabi, they want Khabib fighting in prime time. And so they get to choose because they're paying top dollar to have him fight in Abu Dhabi. So that's the reason why. Um, which Gaethje, does really, which really does support the point you made earlier, um, which yes. is interesting. All right, so go ahead, Gaethje. He's the only guy that can rearrange this. Uh, Gaethje is the toughest fight that Khabib has had in the UFC um, up until this point. If he fights Connor again and it's a motivated Connor and all that stuff, maybe we'll talk about then. But as of right this moment, Gaethje's the toughest fight. Why? Well, number one, um, he's the best wrestler that Habib has fought in the UFC. He's an underrated wrestler. He competed in NCA here in America and all that stuff, but he doesn't use his wrestling. So people don't even think of him as a wrestler anymore because he's such a crazy striker. Now, early in his career, he developed the nickname called the Highlight. Um, and the reason why he was known as the Highlight is because the guy was just a little bit out of his mind. He would be okay with taking two punches to hand out three. Every single one of his fights was a crazy firefight. He's getting punched. He's coming back. He's falling. He's getting up. He's just a madman out there but after he lost two in a row in the ufc completely changed his game has now won four straight all wins have come via finish he's now calm patient relaxed takes his time he's collected he's a vastly different fighter he doesn't take those punches anymore he doesn't want to take that damage anymore and it has resulted in a really good fighter and so if the same calm cool and collected fighter shows up on saturday afternoon a, that's going to be really interesting. If his wrestling is as good as we think it is and he's able to stuff some of those takedowns against Khabib, that's going to be really interesting. Everyone says the main point when you fight Khabib is don't let him pin you up against the cage. Keep the fight in the center of the octagon. In fact, Connor had success when Khabib was taking him down in the center of the octagon. He was able to pop back up. So if Gaethje can keep the fight away from the cage where Khabib does his best work, keep the fight in the center of the octagon, use his leg kicks, especially the leg kicks that worked so well against Tony Ferguson back in May, to keep Habib at bay and, and and stop him from digging down and then we get to the striking game Gaethje's a better striker than Habib is he's a more polished striker and he has way more power in his hands if he can somehow keep this fight standing holy smokes we might be seeing some history here because of course Habib is a never lost he's 28 and no he only has officially lost one round in the UFC and that was round come, three right? against Conor McGregor if he could keep this fight in the center of the octagon standing and is able to utilize those leg kicks and they're effective and they're now getting into a boxing match slash kickboxing match stop what you're doing Saturday at around, you know, four thirty-five o'clock. Cause we might be seeing history. That's why everyone's saying this guy has a chance. What do you think's better for the future of UFC? Khabib winning, continuing to be undefeated and kind of growing that mystique as the best in the world and really be on the path to best ever. Or is it better to have Gaethje beat Khabib? Maybe we get another one and he develops into a, a bigger star. That is a really good question. That's that's the kind of question that a, a, a true fight connoisseur would ask because I love this type of stuff. Um, and that's obviously uh, Dipperstein, I believe his name. That's what I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah. He probably wrote that one. He's, no, he's he is a, by the way he is he is a mark for for UFC. He watches. He wants to watch every single fight. He's that smart. Happens. I can pass on some these days. I, I mean, I'm doing the best I can. But the cards got a little dirt at the beginning of COVID when this started. I was so yeah. in on every single card. And then there was a little bit of fatigue as there was nothing else going on but an endless supply of UFC. So now with yeah. other sports back, I've been a, I've been not as checked in as I was, but this one, of course, stops everyone. So what would yep. be the, 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 the best result for UFC? Sorry, I just want to quickly add to that because so many of my friends and family members have said the exact same thing that you said. Really? And the numbers, oh yeah, and the numbers back it up, like, you know, all sports are kind of going down right now, right? The only one that is going up is UFC. Buy rates are going up. Ratings are going up. Our traffic has gone up. It's crazy. And look, 
Dana took some heat for coming back, aka a little too soon, and I felt the same way. But on the flip side of that, nothing was going on May, June, July. They were the only game in town. The UFC is a really fun sport to bet on. So you got the DraftKings and the FanDuel of the world. And all like my cousins who are 15, 16, my neighbor, all of a sudden, who never spoke to me about MMA ever, like could not care less. They're asking me, like, who's gonna win? Michelle Watterson, Angela Hill. I'm like, I can't even believe you're talking to me about this <laughs> right now. Michelle they all, Watterson to me. Right. They don't want to bet, right? Like, and, and yeah. it really benefited them. And so I've heard what you just said from many people, and, and we're seeing the results of that. Okay, so back to the original question. I believe it's better for them if Khabib wins because he's such a big star. And every time he fights, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, the guy is is truly like you know a global superstar, and especially I can't stress this enough in the Middle East and in Russia, which is such a big deal for them. And if he wins, look, if he loses, you either run it back with Gaethje or maybe you try to do Gaethje versus a Conor Poirier winner. He lost to, to, to Poirier back in the day. Gaethje, that was one of his losses, something like that. But if Khabib wins, you have two massive fights on the horizon. Number one, you have the GSP fight that he's been campaigning for. He has said that he wants to go 30-0. and 0. It's a it's a deal that he made with his dad, who unfortunately passed away uh, due to COVID complications mm. not that long ago. His dad, by the way, wasn't just his dad. His dad was his best friend, was his mentor, was his head coach, got him into con- – like these two couldn't have been closer. It's a heartbreaking story, and this is his first fight without him. And so he wants to get to 30-0 for his dad. GSP was his favorite fighter and always the guy that he dreamed of fighting in, and GSP is currently, quote-unquote, retired, but he has shown interest in the fight. So that would be gigantic, right? And or – Connor Khabib too would be equally gigantic, probably even bigger than the, the GSP fight. So you can't do those fights and you can't do 30 and 0 and all that if he loses. So that's why the bigger deal would be him winning. GSP and Habib as a mega fight is so interesting too, because it would be one of the rare events in combat sports where it's truly just the guys' bodies of work that speak for them. I mean, these are both guys who are business, 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 and maybe the two best ever if that fight were to happen. But it's funny because it's the exact opposite of a Connor fight. It's not about the showmanship leading up to it. It's about simply two guys who can absolutely kill everyone getting a shot at one another. Um, That would be cool. How long has GSP been on the shelf now? It's been a couple years already, right? Okay, so his last fight, um, and I agree with you, like pure martial arts, everyone loves that, the respect. Um, His last fight was November of 2017, so we're approaching three years. That was It was here, right? Yeah, MSG. That's right, against Michael Bisping. uh, Won two titles. Um, He retired. So it's interesting. He retired in February of 2019 at a press conference in Montreal. And he said at the press conference, there was only one fight that I was sticking around for, and that was the Habib super fight. That's the only thing. And and he said, I don't care to win a belt. I don't want to do it for the lightweight title. I want to be the first guy to beat him. I want to me being the one on his record is as big of a deal or bigger than any belt. Dare I say bigger than yeah, I'm trying to make this, you know, in your terms, bigger than the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. I just try, right, right. you know, that, I, hope that, that you, I want you, you know, I want you to understand. I don't need everything to go through wrestling terms, yeah. but I appreciate your effort though. You know, it's just like uh, everyone talking about a 22 no, whatever it was. Anyway, um, so he said that at the press conference. Literally 30 minutes after the press conference, Habib was on his Instagram begging him to stay. Like, no, 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 brother, let's figure this out. I want to do it. Let's figure it out. The problem was the UFC didn't want to make it happen. And I understand why they didn't want to make it happen because they couldn't risk having GSP beat Habib and then walking away. Right. Now you can't make money off the guy who just beat the guy, right? Like if we, again, equate this to old school pro you're, wrestling. You're talking about Brett leaving with the title after he beat Sean? Exactly. Or yeah. any territory. Like let's go to the territory days. Sure. Like Memphis, like you don't have the guy leave the territory and beat your top star. He's not like, beating Jerry Lawler in Memphis on Saturday night and then walking off to go to the AWA the next day. It's not going to I happen. just love it. 
I love everything about it. So they didn't want that to happen. And so they said, no, here's where things get interesting. Habib continues to say, I think I'm going to retire after my 30th victory. And so if he's done after 30, then it doesn't really matter if GSP wins or loses, right? It doesn't matter if Habib wins or loses because there's no money to be made after 30. Now, if he doesn't feel like he's going to retire, if he's going to stay around till 31 or 32 or 33, now you can't make that fight. But if, if Habib on Saturday says, all right, I just beat Justin. I have one fight left. I'm done at 30. I want to go out 30 and 0 for my dad and I want to beat my idol, GSP. Now you kind of have to look at the fight, right? Now, the other interesting thing is what weight? GSP fought at 170. That's where he became famous. His last fight was at 185 against Bisping, but he's a true 170 pounder. Uh, Habib is a 155 pounder. There's 15 pounds in between them. The UFC doesn't like to do catchweight fights. I would suggest because the belt isn't really of importance here, make it at 165, kind of in between-ish for both. And let's see who the better man is. And Dana would say, we don't do catchweight fights. He, in fact, just said that earlier today. Well, I would suggest at UFC 60, you did a catchweight fight between Matt Hughes and Hoist Gracie. It was almost the exact same thing. It was the legend Hoist Gracie coming back against the welterweight champ at the time, Matt Hughes. You did a catchweight fight for those two guys. So you have done it. There is a precedent. Do it again for the fans. Beautiful. And, and the Gracie, it's such a perfect comparison. You did it for a legend coming back. That's why you would do something like that. Um, now, let's talk for a second. So that's Saturday, uh, and everyone should should buy the pay-per-view. This is one I'm going to spend the money on. Uh, this is You're going to do it? I'm spending no illegal stream? No, no, I'm gonna pay for it. I haven't paid for. I, it's been. It's probably been three months. This might have been the longest streak I've had without paying for. You know, without buying fights. Which is, I've just been watching really? the UFC Plus. I mean, the ESPN there's, Pluses. Yeah. There's been great fights. There's been a DC's retirement fight. I, okay, that was the last Israel. one I paid for. I paid for DC. Okay. And the Israel and the Israel fight. I'm glad I didn't pay for, but Booker T paid for it, and I watched on his computer. It was another. It was in the Thunderdome again. So wait this, a second. This one I'm ready. You to You watched for. the UFC pay per view with that over the hill. Jabroni, Booker T, one half of a Harlem Cold tag team who rode Stevie Ray's coattails and was only given the WCW title when that ship was sinking and they felt bad for him and gave it to him as like a lifetime. You know, you know, everything, you, you know everything Booker T said about DC was the truth. You don't get to just, you don't get to just show up that, to WWE that, that and start and start dictating what your storyline. I'm gonna have a I I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna who did he call? I'm gonna it's gonna be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, no, it's not it. going to be Roman Reigns. And I got news for you, DC. Maybe one of my favorite UFC fighters of all time, a man I truly enjoy, and the only thing he's better at than being in the octagon is talking about anything because he's fantastic. Even with you, he's, he somehow makes it tremendous. However, <laughs> I don't think, and I think we saw this with Cain Velasquez. I, I, you will argue with me, I'm sure, till we're blue in the face. UFC guys crossing over to WWE, it does nothing for me. There's one guy who matters, Brock. The other guys who come over, DC coming over as a commentator, great, because he could do the job tremendously. Him coming over and drawing big money as a wrestler, I got to tell you, I, I don't know how you feel, and he's your man, so you're never going to agree with me. But Ariel, I'm no. sorry, I don't see him as a huge draw coming to WWE. I don't. So you're spitting in the face of Ronda Rousey. Ronda's a unique case, and she's not currently what? active. What are you talking about? Ronda I mean, and Brock. She, she I just, I, 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 She's not currently active, so I left her out. But yes, Ronda and Brock. Well, neither is Brock. Um, yeah, Brock is only active adjacent-esque at this point as well. Um, those two, okay. those are, two you, are, are you're draws. Spi- you're spitting in the face of the queen of spades, 
Shayna Baszler. She's not real. She's she's a star as a U, as a WWE star. Her, her her no one cared anything for her MMA past except for how it affects her biography and makes her seem mage because she's a legit star. But it's not because we considered her a star elsewhere. You know better than anyone. She wasn't a star elsewhere. She's a star in WWE, and you know it. Oh oh, I'm sorry. You're spitting in the face of the world's most dangerous man. <laughs> I was waiting. Shamrock. I was waiting for us to get to Shamrock. Ha! Come on. Ha! Uh, right. That's what you're doing? Is that what you're doing? I would oh, know. oh, I'm sorry. Keep you're going. spitting in the face of Matt, the king of bros, Riddle. You're spitting in the face. He's not a draw because of his history either. He's a, Dan he's a, Severn. He's a draw because spitting in the of, face of Dan Severn? I knew. I knew you'd get to Severn. I knew you'd get to Shamrock. <laughs> I, by the, I do enjoy Riddle, and I'm, I'm excited that Riddle's moving to Raw. I think that's a, a very good move for him. I think SmackDown was a tough spot for Matt Riddle. Let's move to Hell in a Cell real quick. First okay, of okay. all, do you still get excited by hearing Hell in a Cell? Or as with the, we came up with a, a theory recently that once the stipulation match gets its own pay-per-view, it mm. loses a little bit of that moment when someone would say, I want you hell in a cell. It just inherently yes. loses a bit when you have it as a full pay-per-view. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. It's, it's fun when it's like a thing on a bigger pay-per-view. But I got to be honest with you, Peter. I, you know, I'm more of a WrestleMania two blue steel cage, King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan kind of guy. Let's climb up to the top. That's oh, who I am. The blue cage, I'm baby. Not... The blue cage. You're talking my language with that blue cage. It was dog. shaking. And oh, stuff. it looked like it was about to Hogan. fall. Yes, Hogan had the, the 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 ribs all taped up. I had the tape. I had the. Th- what were those toys called? The LGN toys. LGNs. Yep. Oh, I love those. I wish I still had them. Um, that's the kind of guy that I am. I love the. The spot, which would always happen, of the guy climbing up and taking his sweet-ass time, right? And then they had to pull him down, and then he would come back up. And then sometimes they would go through the door, and the whole time was like, well, why didn't you just go through the door from the So in other words, right? you don't like, like the idea of the pin inside the cage anyway. You want, no. you want escaping the cage, not the cell yes. where they have a match, yes. and it's just inside a cage. Yes, you said it better than I could. Have you, yes. have you tuned in at all to catch any of the Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, Paul Heyman stuff? Because that's been quite good. Okay, so of course I have. Uh, thank you for. Oh yeah, you had Heyman. Oh, you had Heyman had on the program. Yes. I had Heyman. I, I killed him in a in a in a promo battle. Dare I say it was a ten eight round for Helwani? I mean, it was embarrassing. I mean, th- this guy, this guy has been an incredible businessman throughout. I mean, I'm joking. He's a failed businessman, but I mean, <laughs> for the first time in 20 years, for the first time in 20 years, it reminded me of the 1998 bingo hall days because he was writing checks that he couldn't cash. I mean, they were bouncing right one after the next. It was like the old, you know, ECW days in any event. Um, I think that this angle that they have going, and I don't know how it's going to end up, but I think right now this is some of the best stuff that WWE has done in a really long time. It's smart. It's it's methodical. It's sinister. I love Heyman and Reigns. Reigns was very stale as a baby face. Uh, my kids who I've gotten into WWE in the pandemic, because I've, you know, in the early, like March, April, you know, watching you on the pre-show with your cool jacket before WrestleMania and all that stuff. It really, it really, like we really bonded over wrestling because it was literally nothing going on. And uh, for some reasons, they took a liking to Reigns and they like him even more. Um, even they like that. Ba- oh, the kids like bad guy Reigns more. They, they think he's fascinating. Yeah, they think he's fascinating. Well, and maybe that's, you know, so one of the things that I've been upset about is, you know, I feel that they've kind of hedged their bets with Reigns, and they don't go all the way in with him as a full-blown bad guy. But maybe that's why you do it. He's bad enough to be a bad guy, but hasn't shown Great. it enough that kids can still be like, no, no, I, I still like this guy. 
I, so I would agree with you. I would love them to dial it up to 100, but maybe there is, and I didn't even think of that, maybe there is a method to the madness. If this is leading, and I want to ask you this question, if this is leading to Reigns versus Dwayne That's right. at WrestleMania, oh, yeah. is, I mean, is that it? Because if it is, it's some of the best long-term booking we've seen in quite some time. I, it's Listen, if this whole thing is about being the, the Samoan tribal chief, yes. And, Love it. and he makes his claim that that's he's the guy, and he disposes of his cousins, and he reigns supreme, no pun intended, on top of it all. And then the true, I mean, the, the, the biggest Samoan wrestling star of all time, maybe the biggest wrestling star of all time, period, shows up yeah. and says, no, 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 no. I sit at the head of the table. You're only sitting there because I left the seat warm for you. He comes back. It would be the two of them headlining WrestleMania would be the crowning moment for Roman Reigns' career so far. And by the way, you already have a storyline built in where they say, Rock says, Roman, don't you know, I had to save your ass once before. They flew me into the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia, and they hated you so much that even when I stood next to you, they booed. Everybody hates you. I'm the man. They could tell such an amazing story between the two of them. And the real fantasy for me is, and, and we talked about this on the pod a few weeks ago, I love the idea of one of the Uso brothers whether it's Jay turning after maybe losing this week in Hell in a Cell or maybe Jimmy returning and turning on his brother, I love the idea of one of the Usos joining Reigns as sort of his lackey Uh. and having a secondary match on that WrestleMania card against his Uh. his own twin brother. Interesting. And you have like a really Samoan dominated WrestleMania where they, the whole family is kind of the theme of WrestleMania oh, and that. how well-deserved it would be for maybe, and I say this as a huge Bret Hart fan and talking to a true Canadian, but maybe as the greatest family in the history of professional wrestling, it would certainly be appropriate that they get that moment. But listen, yeah. and, and I, I hope that's what we get. We don't know with Rocky anymore. I, I, I think, by the way, what do you think of, do you like Rocky's current look or are you weirded out and do you miss the way Rocky looked in the, in the early 2000s days? I mean, first of all, he is just gigantic i mean every time i look at his he's bigger every time bigger every time i don't know how it's possible he's got a sweet gym over there but geez louise the iron paradise or whatever he calls it yeah um looks like hell on earth i I mean i what you just laid out is incredible and i hope that's the thing the one part that i can't quite get over is like is this going to happen in an empty arena like i just feel like this is such a big deal it's so depressing right every time you think of these big moments like what is this going to happen it's supposed to happen at sofi stadium right the home of the rams and chargers yeah, but the word is now that that they've pushed back sofi a year and this year will be this is what's been reported i'm not confirming this but being reported is that it will be in tampa this year and pushed to sofi next Uh. year Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe that could help because in Florida, I mean, let's all pray that things get better between now and April. Cause can I be honest with you mm. last, this past year's WrestleMania 2020 was, was maybe the most depressing wrestling I've ever watched in my, I mean, it was the Thunderdome is infinitely oh, better. So much better. Oh, it's, it's a infinitely huge better. Yes, I, I'm huge, with, I'm with you. And it, so it's so depressing. I mean, listen, the great moments, the truly great moments of WrestleMania were the matches that were produced and not fought in the ring. Oh, oh, the 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 Firefly stuff was Firefly incredible. Was I watched incredible. it twice. Yeah, me too. DC and tremendous. I were talking right afterward, like we were geeking out, like we loved it. But but the, like the fact that it was taped, the fact that it was this was early stages pandemic when we all were just like freaking. I mean, I'm wiping down my groceries for four hours, and this is taped on two days. And I give you guys a lot of credit. I know you did the pre. I mean, like you guys were really the only ones out there giving us any kind of entertainment. It was a real great thing that you were providing for all of us. But the fact that it was taped on two days at the performance center and you heard everything. I don't know what it is, 
and correct me if you feel otherwise, you're the best person to ask this. Of all the entertainment out there, and I'm talking football, baseball, basketball, we've seen it all now, hockey, MMA, boxing, pro wrestling. I feel like pro wrestling has been hit the hardest by the pandemic, by not having fans. I actually feel like MMA hasn't been hit at all. Like, sure, you miss the crowd, you miss the buzz, but you can hear certain things. It's kind of fun. It's added an element. For some reason, maybe it's the promos, maybe it's the entrances, not having fans there has really hurt the product it, it for is me. The, it, is the hardest, it is the hardest one to overcome. It, it yeah. is harder to overcome in wrestling than anywhere else because the fans mean so much. I mean, a, a you know, what makes a good guy and a bad guy? A good guy and a bad guy aren't made by what they say or what they do. They are really made by who cheers and who boos. That's fundamental to what the entire thing is. So to remove it is really challenging, and that's why, thank God, the Thunderdome has made it much, much better. Much better. And I, do, I really do feel like... You know, there have been meaningful moments. I feel that the the Reigns-Uso match at Clash of Champions was tremendous, and we can look back at it and watch it and say, that counted. It was meaningful. But some of the other stuff, I mean, you go back to the Performance Center days. Uh, I mean, it was week tough. to week really, really tough. I agree with you. I don't mind. I miss the crowd. Not at all. I don't need the shots of the hot chicks and the drunk dudes in Affliction t-shirts. I'm good. Like, I'm totally good watching the fights. It's been lit in a way where you don't even really notice it. I got to be honest, yep. I thought the boxing last weekend was fine, although I do think we had the volume up on the on the crowd noise they did a bit too much. I don't think you yeah. needed any fake crowd UFC's noise. not even doing that, eh? They're not even doing that. No. But no the, no and, fake crowd. No, and I, by the way, they should have done the same with the Lomachenko-Lopez fight. I'm actually going to yep. – I'm going to – Try to talk about that to anyone who would listen to my voice. It, you don't need it. It's an intimate thing. Let me hear the gloves popping on each other. Right. You don't need that. But in WWE, you do need crowd. And, you know, they they really they had a major hill to climb. I think they've done a great job climbing it. But, I mean, let's be honest. No one wants to see WrestleMania inside. No one wants that. This day, no. They would need, in my opinion... If it ends up in April, where they have to do, you know, it's not going to be a full stadium. And, and listen, if, if you and I are both betting, we're both betting they're not in a full stadium in April. Right. I would say that you're hoping things are at least okay enough that they can have it look the way the World Series looks. I, I, I think that's that. yep. I think that's the best thing you could hope for. A sparse so crowd. Bad. It's not so bad. A sparse crowd in a stadium. You do an incredible raffle to get the tickets. You make it a big deal to even get the tickets. Um, and you have a sparse crowd. I think the idea of doing it in the Thunderdome, as much as I even love the Thunderdome, that yeah. would be that would be tough for Mania after over what that point would be what a year and two months, year and three months. Yeah. And you have to give them credit. I mean, pandemic happened like two weeks before Mania, so they adjusted. Here, I'd like to think, and I have a good feeling that they are planning for a number of different scenarios come early April. But, I mean, just a fight of that magnitude or a match of that magnitude, Reigns versus uh, Rock, I mean, that like that's the kind of thing where I am, you know, I will be honest, I don't, you know. You're not in on I every pay-per-view, but that exactly. one's getting you in. Basically, basically just what you just said about UFC, exactly. to be honest with you. Yeah. I love, we are a big fiend household here. I love The Fiend. I love the gimmick. I love the character. I love the Firefly stuff because it creeps my kids out so much. In fact, I bought my son, my middle son, Walter, is really into wrestling, and I bought him a face mask, a Fiend face mask. I don't let him wear it to school, uh, but he'll wear it like on weekends, and he adores it. 
because he feels like it. And it's, I don't know, that guy, man, that guy is, incredible. and then I found out that he's, what, the the, the son of IRS? Yeah. That blew my mind. <laughs> Mike Rotunda, Erwin yeah. R. Scheisser is, is the dad of the fiend. That is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I just found this out. That is so funny that you just found out. Yeah, it, I guess it is pretty funny if you didn't know. Like, it's random as hell. Does your son like Alexa Bliss being a part of it? Uh, no, he's not a big fan. He gets a little, I mean, he's six years old, so he gets a little weird. Like when he sees a ring girl or, you know, oh, the girls, girls in general, the, he's still trying to yes, figure he gets, out what he'll going close on his here. eyes. Yes. He'll close his eyes at that stuff. And he feels <laughs> but it's very cute, but you know, he's not such a huge fan of the, and we don't call them divas anymore. Right? No, we don't. We call just like it's, women. It's the, wrestlers. it's the women's division. Yeah. The women's division. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so I was going to say, I, I apologize. I mean, Trish Stratus, she put the divas on the map with all due respect. I don't, I don't consider the word diva to be a bad word. It's just not what's, I like anymore. that they evolved. I like that they evolved. Yeah, it's the, and by and speaking of which, uh, Helen Cell, there will be a great match between, I hope your son could open his eyes and watch this because Bailey and Sasha Banks, Helen Cell has a chance yes. to be. Now, listen, I think it's being rushed and I, I wish this match was happening. Helen Cell at WrestleMania. Um, it seems like at every moment of the storyline, it's just like they, they, can't be quite patient enough. It's like they slow down and then they speed up really quickly instead of just giving us the the really slow burn that I think it deserves. But I think that should be a very entertaining match as well. I'm a huge fan of women's wrestling. I'm a huge fan of women's MMA as well. Uh, people know this. I, I talk about it, and, and even if you know the fans aren't all in on it in MMA, they they are like they I'll, treat they the, are right. They don't. They, I feel like in, in MMA they don't care. 100%. Like you can have a great card with 11 male fights and the main event is and no one says oh what the hell is this like that's I love that. I mean there's a lot of things we could say about MMA fans that uh you know they they live up to the stereotype but in this regard like they are very open minded when it comes to uh the the women's athletes. You know what I love about this moment right here that we're having? Hmm. I feel like I'm, you know, Renee Paquette right now. I feel like I'm Charlie Cruz. I feel like I'm on the desk with you before a, a, a big It feels show. like a moment. Like, this this is- feels like a moment, right? This feels like me winning some sort of like fantasy camp thing, and I get to sit in on the Hot ninety seven star. By the way, why is it still Ebro in the morning? I mean, can we address that, or is that yeah, a listen, little weird? I'll, I mean, I'll I feel like you're a bigger you're a bigger star than this guy. I, I mean, I, this this guy walks into my house and slaps me in the face. I have no idea who he is. I, I mean, if we're a, being honest, listen, it's a great take from you, Ariel. I couldn't agree with you okay. more. I got to deal with this on the Michael K show. All I am is a well, little. I was getting to that one. I'm just a role player. Listen, I'm just a role player who happens to no. deliver big ratings wherever I go. But that's it. I'm just a role. I just. I show up, I catch and I shoot when I get the ball. That's all you that's all I do. It's my lot in life. It's who I am. Jokes aside, I have so much respect for your work ethic. I don't know. Can I get a breakdown of like a day for you? Like what is a day? I'm 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 blown away by your work because right now you work for High 97. That's right. You work for ESPN, you know, radio 98.7. You do this for ESPN, this this podcast, Cheap Pete. Uh, you also do the WWE stuff. Am I missing any complex, right? No, not currently. I'm currently not. Okay. But I mean, I could. Like what is, what is a typical it. Friday like for Peter Rosenberg? Fr- Fridays are very exciting. Friday morning, I'll, I will wake up and do the morning show. Will, will you, what time do you wake up? Or around six, especially now. I can wake up very late now that I just have to put on a headset and start. It's very, very easy. Okay. So. Can we go pre-pandemic Friday? I'm curious about like what your day was like. Okay. So alarm goes off around 530 pre-pandemic. Okay. Um, get down to the studio at six, start the morning show, rock till nine, nine thirty. But it's, it's like hard to remember this time in life. I know it sounds insane. I did it for, uh, 11 years. Then nine thirty, ten o'clock, jump in the car, come back, maybe grab a quick snooze, take the dog for a walk. Um, Fridays often I do cheap heat. So then maybe noon, one o'clock, do cheap heat, jump on with stack guy, knock that out. Um, then two thirty, I have my Michael K show meeting. 
We do our meeting from 2.30 to 2.55, do the K-Show till 7. And then at 7, open an ice-cold beverage and, and prepare for Friday Night SmackDown. If it's a pay-per-view weekend, I can't miss a minute of SmackDown. i got to get myself ready by Sunday. Right. And that's where I am. And then when you do the pay-per-view, do you do, you do the Monday stuff from... Like, Monday morning. Where... So like this, this week, um, Friday, I will travel. So this is a good week to ask. So Friday, uh, two days from now when we're recording this, I will do the morning show, jump in a car service, go to the airport, fly to Orlando, jump out of my plane. I stay at the Hyatt at the airport, so run up to my room, do the Michael K show right when I get no. there. Wow. And finish that at 7 o'clock, and then watch SmackDown in the Thunderdome Hotel, if you will, to get ready for Sunday. Yeah. Saturday, nuts, get man. tested, get my COVID test Saturday, watch the Gaethje Habib fight on Saturday, and then Sunday we'll go in and do a, a pay-per-view. Listen, I, listen, I know people think it's a compliment when they say, you're the hardest working man in showbiz. I want to be the least hardworking man in showbiz. That's my no, new goal. Is- I want to <laughs> one day do, no, I want to do one thing. You go, what, Peter, what do you do? I don't know, 23 minutes a week, I get on. And I do a show, and I talk, and then I'm done. Now, truth be told, if I had that dream come true, I'm sure I'd think, oh, my God, I want to talk more. You know, I, I wish right. I had more outlets. But the truth is, I mean, I don't know. I, I, isn't it supposed to be work smarter, not harder? Isn't that supposed to be how it goes? Yeah, but you have a passion, and and let's not forget about the new Rosenberg Radio podcast that you <laughs> yeah. recently resurrected. I mean, let's That's be honest. I know. I needed said- more. You think I'm a hater. Meanwhile, I'm one of your biggest fans. I was listening to you rant about Apple uh, getting rid of the the plugs and whatnot, and no, I thought just, it was great you content. You just watched my so You saw it on Instagram. Did you like? I, I, I never see comments from you. I see no comments. I'm not, I'm not a big commenter. I'm not, maybe I'll change. I'd like, a, li- big, I'd like a like. I, I, check, a like? I see my likes every once in a while. So okay. you, let me get this right. Hold on. Let me get this straight about you, Ariel Hawani. You scroll by. Yeah, yeah. You see yeah. me do something. You think, oh, that's amusing. Maybe I feel the same way. Why are they ripping me off? And then you just keep going? You don't double tap? What kind of yeah, maniac right. are you? Do you? I just keep going. You're a heathen. You're a savage. Nah, I, I, I don't know if I feel like I need to acknowledge it in that regard, but I guess I, I would understand if like, I was on the other side of the coin. You want the Helwani rub, right? Yeah, like, of course you, you do. Over. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce... In the corner to my left, the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Red. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 Midge. 